Welcome to another edition of Market Impact Insights, your podcast source for business leadership perspectives to help your business grow. Hear from experts in marketing, sales, business strategy, and more with practical advice for business success. Make sure you won't miss the latest episodes by visiting marketimpactnow.com. Now, here's your host, Dan Albaum. Welcome back to another great episode of Market Impact Insights. You know, one aspect of exceptional leadership is recruiting and retaining and growing team members. And that has been so critical, you know, in today's highly competitive environment. It's the people aspect beyond just the technology and the solutions that are really making a difference for companies. And at the same time, in terms of being a part of an organization as an employee, we're in pretty dynamic times. I was looking at a monster poll that came out in January, and the estimate was, get this, 96% of workers will be doing some form of job hunting this year. Now, the reasons given everything from seeking higher income, maybe being in an unexpected unemployed situation from layoffs, we've seen those certainly uh, be an impact now, no room to grow, toxic work environment, all the, the reasons you might imagine. So there is this groundswell. And of course, we know the, the great resignation, the migration of a lot of workers making conscious choices to move from one organization to another. That's our new reality. And we're going to dive into this whole area of career path optimization. How do you get the most from your career, which then feeds into team success with someone who's passionate and a true expert in this area. Sonia Price is a top career strategist, a salary advisor, and a leadership coach. She's made her mission to support professionals so that they can have greater meaning in their lives. They can achieve better work-life balance and significantly higher pay. She is the distinguished author of two books, The Pivot Point System, and The Infinite Leader. She's worked directly with Tony Robbins. She's trained with Al Gore in becoming a climate reality leader. And she's been uh, recognized through different organizations for her work, an honorable award uh, from the Women's Economic Forum. And she works with clients that you all would recognize, companies such as Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Meta, Starbucks, AT&T, Nordstrom. I could go on. You, you, you know these companies big, large uh, global companies, and she's successfully helping leaders in those organizations successfully navigate their path forward. So we're going to dive into this and have some very actionable advice from Sonia. Welcome to Market Impact Insights. Hey, Dan. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me on this really awesome, amazing show. Well, we're going to jump right to this, Sonia. Let's Get underneath this this nickname of yours, Dynamo. I know there's a story there. <laughs> so can you share this story? How did that happen? And and then related to that, what, what has really inspired you to pursue this path of helping others maximize their career potential? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, you know, we've all heard that term dynamo, like she's a dynamo, he's a dynamo. Um, and actually many years ago when I was trying to think of 
the most awesome name for my business. You know, I kept going on online and I was looking for domain names. And at that point in time, .com was like the only thing available and all of the good domain names were taken. And then in the middle of the night, I woke up and I must have been dreaming because I, I woke up and I like plain as day had this idea come to me and it was like dynamo dynamo careers and so i got up turned on my computer checked it out and lo and behold the domain name was available and you know so i was like okay it's meant to be this is this is the name and um you know i've always kind of been a go-getter so that's been a bit of a nickname for me as well and that's typically the types of clients that I work with are people who are real dynamos in their career. They're up to something. They're, they're doing something really cool. They're strong leaders. They have a vision. They have a mission. They're out to cause some serious impacts in the world. And I, I looked further into the meaning behind the word dynamo, and it's actually a really cool concept. Um, it can be a dynamic generator of energy. And so if you think about things like those bicycle lights, like when you when you pedal um, mm-hmm. on the yeah. bicycle and the bicycle light lights up, um, that's a dynamo. And so it can be a sustainable source of energy. But in order for it to become sustainable, you first have to overcome that initial inertia. So how do you how do you overcome inertia to kind of like get the dynamic energy flowing? And then you can kind of, you know, sometimes you can kind of coast for a little while and the light is going to continue to shine, but you're still going to have to continue to put energy into it every now and again. And so I see this as a really wonderful metaphor for, you know, life in general, but for leadership, for, you know, coaching, like the coach client relationship, the leader team relationship. Um, And for me, it can also be kind of a spiritual thing that it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, the relationship between myself and my creator, you know, and so it's like, how are we all doing this together and where where and how do we need to find these unique dynamos in life to be able to input some energy, but then ultimately create sustainable sources of energy so that we can all kind of we can all have the impact that we want to have. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting story there. And we're living in very interesting times, really unprecedented times. And you think about what's going on today for organizations, for leaders, um, for employees, what makes it really hard right now, maybe harder than ever to think about finding the right job or maximizing a career journey, right? It's, it's a bit more challenging today, isn't it? You know, it is, um, mostly because we just live in this incredibly complex world and it just keeps getting more and more complex. So when we think about our careers, Um, You know, especially if you've been working for a while, if you're a mid to senior level professional, you know, the way to accelerate your career success is often to become a specialist in a certain a certain area. And so, you know, way back in the day, you know, we used to just have like the main functional areas of business, like there would be marketing and sales and operations. And now things have just become so complex, like even if we look at a functional area of marketing well, how many different subsets of marketing can we think about? You know, like it's no longer just like, you know, PR and putting advertisements out or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, now we have like marketing automation and 
conversion rate optimization and data science and business intelligence and all of these different areas. So when you think about accelerating your career and particularly what potential employers are looking for, when we know kind of the science behind how do you get a job? Well, what is it that your resume says about you? And do you have all the right keywords listed? Because the thing is, is that if you're applying for jobs online, and we can certainly talk about, you know, different ways of creatively approaching the job search market, but if you're applying for jobs online or you're wanting people to come and pursue you on LinkedIn, you have to have the right keywords listed. And, and, and so, you know, becoming a specialist in a certain area, you're going to have the right keywords associated with that. And even if you're in a leadership role and you're not even boiled down into the weeds of all these different things, you still have to, you know, have that overview and have the keywords and the key skills. And it's not just the keywords, but you have to have the skill set to back it up as well. And the thing is, is that most of the decision makers of this world, like the first step in the decision making process of should we hire a candidate or not is typically done by a search bot whether that's through an ATS system, an applicant applicant tracking system, or through LinkedIn, or whatever system is out there that's actually looking for candidates, you know, it's like, do we have the right things listed about us as professionals to even get recognized to begin with? So that so then you can move forward to the next step and actually have the conversations that matter that continue to move you forward in the process. Yeah, it's interesting as you were describing and using marketing as an example. Of course, my background is as a marketing leader too, and I definitely there's been this evolution of marketing um, in in that continuum or that balance between science and art. And there was always um, traditionally, kind of going back even 20 years ago, there was you know you were looking for certain um, skills that would fall more into the artistic category, either creative strategy skills, the ability to mm-hmm. communicate and think about messaging. But now, not that we've lost that, but it's really now bringing in having more of the quantitative and the interpretive skills when it comes to the analytics is becoming so much more uh, prevalent. And so, yeah, so it's like literally the whole expectation around what success would look like has really shifted a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, as we mentioned already, like things are just increasingly becoming more and more complex. So you know, to your point about messaging, what, like, what, how is the world of copywriting changing right now with the new AI tools and chat GPT, like the world of marketing is dramatically changing and it feels like it's changing overnight and it's going to continue to change at an even like more rapid pace moving forward too. So, you know, there's no shortage of tools out there. It's more of a matter of how do we utilize those tools And then what's the human factor of that, of, you know, how are we making meaningful insights about these things that can, um, you know, help progress, can help carry organizations forward and also our our own personal careers as well. Yeah, that's definitely true. And you've spoken before about the importance of having what you call a holistic career strategy. Are there Mm -hmm. some non-negotiable, just must-have elements or someone to be successful in that strategy? Oh, yeah. You know, so when I work with clients, um, we actually sit down to create a personalized career roadmap. And in that roadmap, we're looking at what are your short, medium, and long-term career goals? You know, like, where are you right now? 
where do you want to be next? Whether that means a promotion within the same organization, or maybe you're ready to get out there and try something new or different. Um, whether that means doing the same thing that you're doing, going to a new organization or shifting it up a bit, you know, moving into a higher level of leadership or changing titles, changing key areas of focus, whatever it is. We look at short, medium and long-term career goals. We also sit down to look at unique decision-making criteria. And this is really important. And I find that many people do not really participate in this process in the holistic way that they could. And so when we think about all the different areas of our lives, like, you know, if you are single and dating, or if you were once single and dating and you were looking for, you know, your mate, um, perhaps you came up with a list of like what it was that you were looking for in your ideal partner. However, I don't feel like we, we oftentimes will do this for our career. And so what are the key things that's important to each unique individual? Um, a lot of times people focus on salary or compensation. You know, I want to make X amount of dollars per year, or I want to work for a company that has stock options, or I want to work for a company that does whatever it is. We actually go down through a list of things and we start to look at what would make your career be meaningful to you? What, um, you know, what's the type of product or service offerings that you typically gravitate towards? What kinds of organizations do those kinds of things? What's the kind of work culture or company, you know, what's company culture, work environment? What do you want your relationship to look like with your immediate manager? Um, what do you think of the leadership team? How, you know, what's your relationship like with your coworkers? What are the other benefits that are involved? How much does that company contribute to your retirement? Or, you know, there's a whole range of different things that we look at. And um, I'm a little bit of a geek. So I have like a rank prioritization process that we go through to identify what are the absolute deal breakers. And, and then when you're out there looking for opportunities or even evaluating your current opportunity of, it, of what you're in right now is like, does it meet the mark? You know, are they treating you with the respect and the respect and, um, you know, valuing you at the level of what you really deserve for what you're contributing to the organization? So do they meet the mark of where you're at right now? And then when you're evaluating new opportunities, what are the deal breakers that it's like, if it doesn't meet these particular objectives, you're just not going to move forward with that opportunity because there's so many fish in the sea, you know, and if you are a highly talented individual, then keep looking and find the right opportunity so that you can really find a place that you want to, you know, commit to for a period of time and that it feels good to you to, contribute your valuable talent. Um, and so, you know, what are your deal breakers? What are the things you're a little bit more flexible on? And then what are the things that, you know, maybe don't matter as much and you, you know, you could take it or leave it. Yeah. It sounds like a very intentional and a structured process, right? That you mm -hmm. can consistently apply over time. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, most of us work for organizations that are doing annual planning, quarterly planning, monthly planning, weekly planning. Um, but how often do we actually sit down and do that for ourselves and maintain it on a regular and consistent basis where we're, you know, we're looking at what's the, what's the career roadmap for us or what is our life plan? And are we on track to meeting the objectives that we've set out for ourselves? Yeah, it's internal soul searching from the standpoint of applying it to your, your work path. And I would think the other thing that comes into play 
here is just the generational differences. So you think about the waves of the workforce from baby boomer to generation X, Y, Z, there's going to be probably different perspectives around that. And I know something that has gotten a lot of media attention as part of a lot of this uh, employee migration over the last few years is that there, there seems to be with this current generation of new workers entering professional workforce, this expectation around social responsibility, they're, they're holding mm-hmm. organizations to a higher standard as they're evaluating what the right fit is for them. It seems like it's changed a bit. Absolutely. Um, you know, definitely seeing that more in younger generations, um, you know, definitely seeing more of a desire to work with environmentally responsible, socially responsible organizations and in such a way that I actually see people um, willing to accept, you know, less compensation if they know that the company is doing good work in the world. And that happens to a certain extent, right? I mean, everybody, most most people want to be paid well, um, but I see younger generations caring more about the values of the organization and do they actually walk their talk versus I see older generations can tend to be more focused on what's the compensation. Um, You know, maybe they care less about what the organization actually does in the world. Um, And, you know, that this is all like very generic at a very, very, very high level, but um, definitely more and more and more. I think that we're going to see a, a desire and a need for organizations to actually be walking the talk. And there is a lot of like greenwashing going on out there where organizations say, oh yeah, we're on our path to, you know, net zero, um, you know, as far as carbon emissions. But then when the reports come out, have they actually made progress towards that? And I think the younger generations are actually paying attention and they're not just willing to take it at face value and say, oh, you say that you're doing good in the world. Great. I'm on board. They're like, no, you said you were going to do this and you're not doing it. So what's up? Um, and it's great to see that. I love to see, um, you know, there's wonderful leadership inside of that. And we have, you know, lots of young people that are are speaking out about this. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see more and more and more of that. And so it's great. Like we need we need people to help hold organizations accountable because um, we have we have some big problems that we really need to solve in the world and let's get out and do it together. Most definitely. It's changing right before our eyes. And you work with so many job searchers or people trying to really better define their career path. What are some of the most common mistakes you continue to see people make when they're trying to really navigate or outline where they go with their career? Mm. You know, well, we already talked about building a career roadmap. I would say that's probably, you know, number one for sure is have a clear idea of where you're going and what skill set you need to be building along the way to help you achieve those goals so that when the timing is right, you already you're already eligible. You already have what it takes to kind of move into that that next level, whether that means moving into a higher level of leadership or becoming more of a specialist in your area. I think having a career roadmap is super important. Um, closely followed behind that is, you know, are each of us doing what we need to do to get the exposure for who, like who we are and who we want to become? Are we getting exposure for the good work that we're doing? 
do people know about the results of what we're producing and do the right people know about the, the good work that we're doing? Um, and part of that is just really knowing how to promote and position yourself. And that can, you know, the, the promote, promote and position can happen through a variety of different ways. It's like, do you know what to put in your resume? Do you know what to put in your LinkedIn profile? Do you know what to talk about when you're in an interview? Do you know who to network with? And do you know what to say when you're having those networking conversations and just learning the, the marketing and sales process of yourself, because each and every single one of us is our own unique brand. And it's up to each of us. Like it's our responsibility to promote our own brand. And I find that a lot of people, you know, struggle with, um, you know, either self-confidence in knowing how to promote and position themselves or maybe they feel like an imposter. And so they, they even though they already have the skill set, maybe they just feel like, oh, well, I'm not as good as the absolute best person out there. So they don't take that initiative to uh, promote themselves or they just don't know that that's something that they should be doing. And so I think a lot of times people, they get a job, they focus on the work, which is good, right? We should all be doing that. But sometimes too much heads down does not necessarily help you further and progress your career. We need to make sure that that we're doing the networking and that the right people know about who you are, what you're doing, what you're capable of, so that when the right time comes and opportunities are available, you want people to immediately be thinking of you as the person that they would like to lead this new initiative or you know, get, give you a chance to learn a new skill set or lead a bigger team or whatever yeah. it might be, you know, we, we need to be promoting ourselves just as much as we're doing. I mean, it doesn't have to be as much, but we need it to be a core component of the work that we do overall. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, sometimes there's this natural uh, humbleness and modesty, you know, that people bring into the workplace and that can be a good thing, right? Is, you know, that's the opposite of being arrogant, but uh, when it comes to really making sure you're fully communicating everything in terms of the value about yourself, yeah, that can be an uncomfortable place, right? Because then it feels, gosh, mm -hmm. I'm used to maybe self-promoting in this way, but this is a different scenario if you're out, people who don't maybe know you uh, as well. And, and there's a time and a place where it's totally appropriate to kind of turn up that dial a bit uh, and lean mm -hmm. in a little bit more about promoting yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I may expand on one additional point there is that, um, you know, so oftentimes people will say, well, but how, you know, how do I promote myself? How do, how do, like, who do, who needs to see my work and how do I get them to see my work? And sometimes you need to be a little bit more proactive about finding the right situations and the right situations to promote your work. And so, Sometimes what I see what happens a lot in organizations is that we have these leadership reviews, you know, whether it's a all hands meeting or a quarterly business review, monthly business review, whatever it might be. And, you know, sometimes the the presentation of whatever the results are will oftentimes kind of default to whatever leader is accountable for that that overall piece of work. And so what you can do is if you're wanting people to to understand more of who you are and what you're doing is to actually ask for an opportunity to to be the presenter um 
And so, you know, even if that means that you're presenting a small piece of something, um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be at one of these, you know, these big meetings, because I know sometimes like the QBRs, people will prepare for weeks before, you know, we present it to, you know, the top executive or whoever's accountable for it. Um, But um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but sometimes it's just a matter of asking for a seat at the table. You know, it's like, hey, there's this new initiative happening, you know, talking to your boss, um, the leadership team, whoever it might be, and just say, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really interested. I'd like to learn more about this. I'd like to see where and how I can contribute. Would it be all right with you? Could could I come along to that next meeting? Um, and even if you don't have like a presenter role, just being in the room and listening and looking for unique ways that you can contribute can can make a, a huge difference. And you know, even if you're not speaking up, even if you're not one of the main people. Just having your face be seen, your name be seen, if you can speak up at, at, at specific times, maybe you have some data points or, you know, tidbits of value to offer. Maybe you can speak up a little bit here and there, but just make sure you're always making a valuable contribution and being seen um, at the right level. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Just taking that initiative and even if it's just in small steps, each step is is another mm-hmm. another key milestone, right? And is building more confidence. That just it, yeah, very actionable. Now, putting your leadership coach hat on, Sonia, what would you say truly separates exceptional leadership from just good enough? Oh boy. Well, <laughs> I think we could write a whole book on that or a series of books on that, right? Yes, we could. <laughs> um, yeah, um, as you already have. Um, so, so yeah, what separates exceptional leadership from just good enough? You know, I think if I could just boil it down, it's to like be a um, responsive and empathetic leader. And so sometimes a lot of the complaints that I hear about you know, senior leaders or really leadership at any level is that, you know, people are putting their stuff out there, but then they're not getting any feedback on like, hey, like I presented a new idea to you or, you know, we just reviewed this dashboard of data. Like, how am I doing? Am I meeting the mark? Um, You know, and so I think when I say responsive, it's like, you know, being responsive across the board is like giving feedback to your team members Um, and when I say empathetic is like making sure you're doing it in an empathetic way. So Mm -hmm. compassionate way, right. Is like, we all need feedback. I I find so many people are just, they're craving feedback. And it's like, I don't know if I'm doing a very good job, like until we go, until we get to review time. And then I'm like, oh, well, I thought I was going to get the exceeds expectations and I just got meets expectations. Like, could you, could you told me more so throughout the year, like, what should I have been doing to get that exceeds expectations or, um, or, you know, I mean, or like whatever, whatever level that you're looking for, because some people get um, feedback that's very surprising to them around review time. And all of a sudden they're on a performance plan and they're like, wow, I didn't wish I would have known, you know, Um, I see that happen a lot in tech because tech can be pretty brutal in terms of rating employees. And so, you know, I think giving people more feedback throughout the process um, and really being compassionate about where people are at, you know, it's like, where, where are they in their career? Are they early, mid, late career? 
what are the things that they should want to be working on? What else is going on in their lives outside of the day-to-day work? You know, sometimes people will, we don't know if people have like an aging family member that they're caring for, they have young kids at home. There's, there's a lot of things happening outside of work that can definitely contribute to um, our performance at work or just how we show up in a day-to-day basis. And so, um, you know, I always kind of like to refer back to um, data and studies and things like that. And, you know, uh, that Gallup did an, uh, um, <laughs> there's so many studies out there, right? But I always go back to this kind of an old study by now, but it's like the top retention factors for employees. The top two retention factors are one, does my manager care about me as a person? And two, um, do I have a best friend at work? And those two things will keep people in a job much more, you know, working for an organization much longer than how much, how much am I compensated? Um, you know, how grueling is our deadlines? Like all of those kinds of things like that. Um, just really being a human being and caring about other people as humans. <laughs> I know that sounds pretty simple, but sometimes it's kind of hard to master. And I, I hear so many complaints about that, that People just don't really feel connected to their manager. I think when you have that connection, that human element there, people are willing to work hard and they're willing to put in the extra effort when they know that someone genuinely cares about them as a person, but is also like helping them keep their career marching forward. So like having an element of mentorship, I think is also very important of, you know, going back to that feedback and like helping people know Hey, if you want to make it to the next level, like here's some of the skill sets that you need to be uh, developing and here's like, here's how to apply that. And, you know, this is, this is the application that we need to see, or these are the results that we need to see in order to consider you for the next level. Mm-hmm. Well, authentic human connection is so powerful mm-hmm. and it's going to really be a differentiator again, as, as employees are making very deliberate choices about where they want to work, right? And 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 they want to be intentional about that. So um, definitely a huge, huge factor that comes into play there. So you've worked with so many different leaders, and obviously you've dispensed a lot of advice. I'd like to flip that around, Sonia, and ask you, what's the best piece of business advice you have ever received? <laughs> Oh boy, I've received a lot of um, really great advice over the years. I, I can um, have a lot of gratitude for, you know, different mentors and sponsors and leaders that I've had the ability to work with over the years. So, um, you know, one key piece of advice that stands out to me is um, a manager told me once long, long ago, if you're going to work for the man, find a way for the man to work for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which, you know, can kind of sound a little bit quid pro quo, but I, I've really taken that to heart because it's like, you know, what does the data show that each of us works the equivalent of like 90,000 hours in our lifetime or something, which actually, I mean, that equates to like 10 years, 10 plus years of just like solid, if you're working for 10 years straight, 24 seven, like that's the amount of yeah. work that we put in in the world. So, you know, if you're going to give that much of your life to organizations, to other people, what are you doing with that time? 
And are you finding organizations that are a good fit for you? Are you finding teams that are a good fit for you? Are you finding those opportunities to learn and grow and in the way that you want to, right? Is like, is your career actually working for you or, and me, myself as well, you know, it's like, um, is my career working for me? And if it's not, what am I doing about it? How am I going to change it? How am I going to make it work for myself so that I can have the kind of vibrant life that I want to have and that I get to make the kind of impact that I want to have as well? Yeah, it's actually in a positive way. It's just, it's being selfish about being true to what you really want and 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 going after it and and really not compromising. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we're in this highly dynamic, high change environment, but when we look ahead to the future, Sonia, what makes you optimistic? Oh, what makes me optimistic is, you know, I'm a bit of a geek, so I like to follow, you know, new, new technologies and optimizations with technologies. So I've been playing around a ton with chat GPT. Um, and I can't even imagine what is going to be possible for our world through the advancement of AI. And it's a double-edged sword because I don't know at this point in time, I don't know whether to just be like completely terrified of it or in complete shock and, um, you know, awe, like complete awe and wonder of like, what is even possible for us? So I've been thinking a lot about this and it's like, I, I feel both things, but as everything in life, it's a matter of what do we choose, you know? And am I going to choose to see it as a positive quality for us? Or am I going to, you know, look at the negatives of it and what, and what that'll do for us? So I, um, you know, I want to believe that we're going to use this to really, uh, you know, fuel technology, fuel the evolution of humanity. Um, there's so many wonderful things that I think can come out of this in, in biotechnology um, and just in making our, our lives easier on a day-to-day basis. The thing that I think I'd like to say about it is that if it becomes too complex, I think it's up to each of us to, to choose are we going to opt in or do we opt out? And if we opt out, what exactly does that look like? And if we opt in, what is what does that mean to us as well? Um, so I'm very optimistic about the future um, and not just from, from technology, but I also think about the evolution of consciousness. And if each of us continues to evolve consciously and we pair that with technology, then then what's possible for us? It is so fascinating to think about what lies ahead. And it throughout history, whenever there's been this really rapid or really breakthrough innovation, there there always seems to be the two ends of the spectrum. There's the there, there's always these worst case outcomes. There's the fear, uncertainty, doubt, and then there's the oh my gosh, but but look at what amazing new possibilities it opens. And so that's staring right in front of us right now. That is just so true. And as we start winding down our conversation, Sonia, do you have any other final advice for leaders that are seeking to get the most from their jobs or their careers? Oh, you know, I think just the biggest piece of advice that I have is like commit to you. And what that might mean to you is going to be very unique from the next person. So commit to you, commit to exploring your authentic self 
and understanding how does that fit into the world of work and what you do on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, as I just mentioned, we haven't really talked a, a lot about it and it's probably a whole nother conversation is like evolving our consciousness at a level that helps us understand like, who, like who am I, who am I at the most mm-hmm. authentic level yeah. and what do I do to care for myself so that I can show up as an authentic leader on a day-to-day basis. And then what's the application of that in the day-to-day life of my unique talents and contributions and how, how do I put myself out there in a way that I can, um, you know, be of service in this world, but doing it in a way that it doesn't deplete me, it actually helps, you know, further and grow. And so I put this out there for everyone else as well is like, I think it's just so easy to get bogged down in the day to day to day and, and the day to day can really deplete us. And so what can you do to build yourself up so that you can continue to, you know, you can have a very strong foundation in place and you can continue to live from a very heart centered and holistic space so that the work that you do on a day to day basis actually contributes to your overall growth and evolution um, and really gives you an opportunity to be of service um, so that you love what you do versus being constantly depleted by it. And so finding those right opportunities where, you know, first and foremost, you build that strong foundation for yourself, but then you're also, you know, going into work with that and you, and you're working in the right environment where that is honored and appreciated and celebrated. Yeah, doing some self-reflection is, I think, what you're really talking about there and just carving out the quality time to do that, which I know can be challenging, but so worthwhile. Now, mm-hmm. Sonia, I understand you're offering something really special to the listeners of this podcast. And how can we um, go and find you and learn more? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I actually just recently created a free career assessment. Um, it's called Does Your Work Work For You? And I created this so that, you know, folks like your listeners can really very easily be able to identify, like, is your work really working for you? What are all of the different things? You know, we were talking earlier about that career roadmap and the the key decision making criteria. Like, what are all the things that you should be looking at and evaluating for yourself? So I developed a free career assessment. Um, I think it takes two or three minutes to complete and then it gives you a personalized output And you can find that at dynamocareers.com forward slash assessment. And so it's D-Y-N-A-M-O careers. So dynamocareers, D-Y-N-A-M-O careers.com forward slash assessment. And I'd be honored if you um, took it and found out more about yourself. Sounds great. Sounds easy to access and uh, definitely something really tangible to take the next step. Well, Sonia, thanks again for joining and sharing your inspirational journey, but also just the optimism and really reinforcing the opportunity that each of us has to really take ownership of our career and really get the most from our potential. Oh, thank you, Dan. It really is an honor to be here and um, such a great enlightening conversation as well. And a reminder to everyone to please continue to give the gift of feedback to help make this podcast even better. You can go out, rate, and review on all the major podcast platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And as always, make sure to visit marketimpactnow.com 
for the latest in business leadership perspectives. So long until next time.